This is Ramblings of an Introvert. I'm your host, Rob. Hope all is well. Peace and love. Happy holidays. Um, let's again start for, you know, peace all around the world because, you know, you know, you know, um, as we all live through life, um, you know, can't help to be um, informed of like what's going on in the world affairs of things, you know, a lot of conflicts in the world. Well, but you know, in this podcast, you know, I just wish for, you know, a peaceful solution um, and the end on the madness you know. so yeah I like to you know as I write record these podcast episodes I like to kind of communicate the peace um because, you know, the world is everyone's, you know, and, you know, I believe we shouldn't be um, at eye with each other and treat, you know, people with kindness, respect. And I think like, you know, in today's world, there's like social media where like kind of like everything is kind of like going you know full circle you know um, 24 hours seven days a week um you know we start to lose the meaning of life you know So yeah, um, peace and love, you know, I kind of, you know, we can go deeper into it in another episode, but that's just kind of like what I'm trying to communicate, um, and kind of have this be like kind of like a platform for peace and have fun at the same time. As I just ramble about what's ever on my mind, you know? And, you know, and that's always kind of like in back of my head, you know? So you can't help to not talk about that type of stuff, you know? About all the conflicts in the world where, you know, because people are suffering, you know? And you can't help to think about shit like that, you know? Wouldn't be. <clears throat> And that's why I'm just like, I just blessed for what I have, you know, always be thankful for what I got, you know, because a lot of people, you know, like this, you know, one of my uh, friends, you know, they have another touchdown, watching football, by the way. But anyway, it just, you know, I always think about, you know, because I never really, you know, I had, I had something in my youth in my childhood but you know 
I'm always thankful for what I have and the situation that's, you know, that I have because, you know, there's people in this world that don't really have much, you know. So I always have that in the back of my head. But anyway, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. It's appreciated. I figured why not do an episode? It's about this New Year's Eve. So, you know, I said, why not do an episode for for the ramblers, the introverts? Um, so, I wanted to do a movie review, something I've seen recently. And background of this movie, I want to tell y'all. minutes away but anyway when once I heard about this movie I was like I need to see this movie because the director the actor the actors involved and I was like I'm in it so I was like because this this movie just been on my radar ever since I heard about it, like, last year, I think. And it was just all the check marks for me going to see this movie. Excuse me, just burped. Is Michael Mann. I love Michael Mann. Um... Because Michael Mann gave me, like, probably gave us the world probably one that, well, a lot of good movies, you know. But one of my favorite movie, movies of his is um, Heat with De Niro and um, Pacino. I love that movie because I kind of, like, live by the... Um, I kind of live by like the motto of the 30 seconds quote that De Niro says in the movie. Kind of thought like that was, you know, so good. Oh man, it's like a couple of, um, couple of, um, Like, as I'm doing the episode, I'm doing, like, research. Because I thought, like, you know, maybe I could be, like, more, more, how can I say this? Informed by what I'm talking about, like, other shows. So, bear with me. Um, It was all the way at the top. Because, like, some of the movies that I really like that he does is... Um, yeah, yeah, he come with some heat for, for me personally, um, a couple of movies that I've seen that I really, really enjoyed, um, oh, 
wow, he did four versus Ferrari? Interesting. And he also did the Ferrari movie. I was not aware of that. That's pretty dope. Because we're going to go into, like, the four Ferrari movies. Um, so, some of the movies that I really appreciate his work. And I got, like, a guy because I just remember a story um, from one of the movies. Um, Heat, that was in 95. Collateral in 2004. Um, Miami Vice, the movie, in, two, in 2006, right? Now, another movie I really liked is Ali, Ford vs. Ferrari. Um, for those of you who probably like the movie Hancock with Will Smith, um, The Aviator, that's another excellent movie, which I didn't know that was a fucking, um, I did not know that was a, um, Michael Mann movie. So yeah, like, I really like his work, his movies. Um, so yeah, like, I think I said this story probably previously on a podcast, but, so, like, I think this is, like, the last time I, like, my brother, my mom, and I ever went to the movies together. It was, like, in, in 06, I believe, where, you know, the movie Miami Vice came out. And I wanted to see this movie um, because I really liked it, the, um, the 80s show, because the, you know, I really liked the 80s as a genre. And, you know, the Don Johnson shit was like, in the 80s was like the shit. And... You know, it was like Jamie Foxx was like in his like height. Like, you know, I think he was like coming off of like um, Ray, you know, because yeah, he was doing like a lot of shit um, post Jamie Foxx show, I believe. And so he was going to be Tubbs and uh, Cobb Farrell was going to be um, t- um Crockett and so like I heard like oh man cause like I, it was like kind of like mixed reviews but I was still going to see it and then like one reviewer was like you know I think it was like on Fox 2 or something talking about like kind of like a, um, like a steamy love scene or something like that and yeah, it was a steamy love scene. I was like, okay, so I'm not gonna sit next to my family watching this movie. Like, I'm not. That's just weird. <laughs> and so I got kind of was like, cause it was like kind of like a, a packed theater. So I sat like in the front row, cause I was like, I'm not gonna like watch this shit with my mom and my brother. Um, cause it's like weird. Um, which is like it's still weird for me to like watch like movies that got like nudity and 
you know, sex scenes in it, you know, with family members. Kind of weird. I don't know. I, I think it's, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. But I would say, um, I did dodge a bullet because that was going to be an awkward moment. Because, like, because I remember watching, like, a Death 70 uh, episode and, like, Eric went to the movies with his mom and it was, like, a love scene. He was, like, and he was, like, hella, like, awkward, like, weirded out. And I was, like, yeah, thank God I dodged that shit. So, yeah, thank you, Michael Mann, for all the movies that I really, really like. And in 2023, you're like 80 years old. And like, you're still coming out with like great movies. And Ferrari is one of the movies. Um, because I've just been kind of like obsessed with the movie um, Heat. You know, like I got like a, a t-shirt with the movie. I like that movie a lot. I love that movie. Because I kind of like deal with like so many things of like, um, family, purpose in life, good versus evil. Um, the idol, the idol, the idol, like, oh, can't even say that shit. Um, kind of like shit with dealing with, like, you know, being a man, you know, what is a man, things like that. Um, which I kind of like really dig with. Um, because like you have like two characters in De Niro and Pacino characters and it's just and it's like also like kind of a big acting movie because you have it's pretty much like cops and robbers but like on a higher grander stage and you also have like a heist movie also and it's kind of like, and it's, it's, a, it's a good long movie. I highly recommend it. Um, because like, and then like he also, cause I like also, cause I also kind of like poke fun at sometimes at the movie because like they did like certain characters. Like I was like, damn, they did that dude wrong, you know? Because it, it's kind of, and then also it's like kind of like, um, a, um, Just a like cult classic. Because they think about like it kind of like transcended like movies, video games. Cause like you know it's like cause I play like GTA Online and it's like and GTA GTA Five or like pretty much like all the GTAs has like some type of like heist mission and like and I feel like GTA Five was like heavenly inspired by heat um, it's like kind of crazy like you can make Michael one of the characters in GTA look like De Niro's character like have him have like the like the goatee that he has 
so good. Um, so yeah, um, Ferrari came out like on Christmas, so like the 25th, and it's like two hours and 11 minutes for those who, you know, want to know the length of movies beforehand. And, um, so yeah, I was so, cause like Michael Mann, cause like Michael Mann haven't really came out with any new movies in a while. And I'm kind of like excited for Heat 2, which I'm, like, I don't know what this is going to be about, but, but back to Ferrari, um, kind of like details, like Conquer period in Enzo Ferrari's life, um, which, you know, I know a little bit about like the Ferrari cars, um, they're big in like the Formula One racing. Cause I used to like my dad when I used to like go over his pl- uh, place to like spend the weekend or whatever. He would like sometimes play like he would sometimes be like watching like Formula One racing and shit like that. So Ferrari was like kind of like one of them big names in the racing game. Still is. So, like, I didn't know, like, much about the Ferrari brand besides, like, that. And, like, kind of, like, it's a very expensive luxury car, sports car. But, like, the man who, himself who invented the brand, um, yeah, I didn't know much about until I was, like, watching, like, Ford versus Ferrari um, as I watched it like twice, I forgot the first time where I watched it. The second time I was watching in the gym working out, cause it's just a good movie. Cause like I like a lot of good performances. Got like, um, Christian Bale, John Berthold's in it. The um, the other main character is um. Dude who played Jason Bourne. God, what's his name? Oh, fuck. What is his name? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. And I kind of like thought that was, like, kind of, like, a dope movie. Because, like, kind of, like, it goes into, like, the auto business during that. Because, like, I don't really know much about the auto industry, you know. <clears throat> it's, like, kind of crazy because, like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm from Detroit. And, you know. So, yeah. It's, like, weird. You know, he's, like, you're from the Motor City. You don't know anything about cars? Like, yeah. Don't know. I think someone, nah, probably. But anyway, as I digress, 
So, so yeah, like, I was able to watch this. So, to be crazy, I got up, like, super early um, on Christmas Day. Like, because I did, like, all, like, did, like, my Christmas obligation on Christmas Eve. So, I had, like, kind of, like, a free day to, like, do anything I wanted to do on Christmas. Then he fumbled the ball. But, um, so, yeah, I was like, you know what? Because it was, like, a lot of, like, basketball games coming on, like, starting at 12. So, I was like, I was like, I need to be home for that. So, I decided to, like, go see this movie at, like, 9.45 a.m. Like a soldier. And, yeah, like, I was, like, late for it. Like, I missed, like, one preview. And, um, it was, like, dead. It was, like, barely any cars in the parking lot. It was, like, an easy park. It was, like, kind of, like, crazy, because, like, once I got out of there, it was, like, a full, pretty much a filled parking lot. So a lot of people go to the movies on Christmas. Um, see, I think I'm going to start doing that shit, like, just go, like, early in the morning. I used to love going to the movies like super late at night. Now you can't do that shit no more, man. Because people who want to be assholes and do not not loving shit, you know. People want to do dumb shit. But as I digress, Baltimore got the ball back. But anyway... Okay, so this movie was based off a 1991 biography in Zoe Ferrari, The Man, The Car, The Races, The Machine by motorsport journalist Brooke Yates. So I guess that was the guy in the movie who, maybe, I don't know, not really sure. But anyway, we're going to talk about that later in the movie. Let me get back into, um, back on track. So, it's not a lot of, like, good previews coming out. Like, not a lot. Because, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm at the movie theater. I know, like, I missed, like, probably, like, one or two trailers, right? And it's, like, this one movie that I'm thinking about seeing. But, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't even know the name of it. It's like kind of a space movie. And like kind of like, I guess dealing with some like, I guess like they can't go back. I don't, I, I don't even know. It's like a lot of like intense shit happening, but it looks, a, it looks, it looks like a good movie. But yeah, not like a, not a lot of good movies trailer coming out. I must say. But anyway, back to Ferrari because I think it's like kind of like I did want to see poor things before twenty twenty three ends, but 
So this is probably the last movie of 2023 I've seen. So shout out to Michael Mann and uh, people who done Ferrari. We're about to get into this. So, so like, it kind of like starts off like, you know, telling you like the beginning, you know, it actually tells you like, it goes into like this scene of like the young Enzo racing, winning his like race. Um, and this is like kind of like, you see him like kind of like smiling in the movie. And this is like kind of like the last time you see him like smiling and present of like 1957, you know, throughout the movie. So you only see him like in flashbacks. So you only see him on like happy like in flashbacks of like a better time, you know. And I kind of like like this movie because it kind of like gives off like, you know, a man with a vision who wanted, who was a passionate, driven, ambitious man who got older and maybe like kind of like lost his way a little bit. Definitely, like, when he lost his, like, first son, Alfredo Ferrari. Um, But then, like, I think he kind of, like, found himself when he got involved with Linda Lardy, um, one of his companions, um, who was played by Charlene Woodley was like terrific in the movie like the acting in this movie is very very good and I would say like it kind of like make you put faith back into like acting performances and people and actors putting not saying that like they don't do that shit now but like I like going to movies that's not like a superhero movie anymore like I like, you know, biopics or, you know, original scripts, you know. That's why I like the, um, that's why I like Neon, who like kind of like um, dispute all these movies, you know. They got like good taste in movies. I would say that. Shout out to Neon. Now I love how like kind of like it starts off him waking up, and because this is like kind of like the summer of you know nineteen fifty seven, like. You know, Enzo and Laura Ferrari built this company and they're like, they're like going to bankruptcy because of like, you know, of stuff based off of the war that was going on. And 
because like people wasn't you know as like because like they was bombing his factories and so like you know he pretty much got like keep on starting over and stuff like that and probably like a lot of like paperwork to go over and a lot of like technicalities and whatever just imagine because like you know I feel like insurance was a thing, but, like, it wasn't, like, how it was now, you know. Um, so, yeah, they're, like, they're on the verge of bankruptcy, and you see, like, Enzo, like, waking up, and it's, like, it's not his wife, Laura, it's, you know, Linda Lardy, you know, his companion, you know. And I guess it's like kind of like insinuated that like Enzo had like, you know, you know, he was a ladies man, you know, lack of a better word. And kind of yeah, like, it's kind of like nodded throughout the, the movie, you know, which is like kind of like funny. It's like super funny scenes in this movie dealing with that and also like the first scene where you see um Adam Driver's Enzo Ferrari and um Penelope Cruz's Laura Ferrari interact it's such like a funny ass like moment um <clears throat> which Penelope Cruz her performance in this movie is outstanding like I've I don't think I don't I don't like I may be wrong but like I don't remember Penelope Cruz having such a dynamic emotionally uh, mature role like this like being like you know like a mother you know that lost a son you know stuff like that it's kind of like heavy you know because i always think like when i think of like Penelope cruz i think of like you know her plannings like you know like in vanilla sky like he's like innocent vulnerable rose which she was she is vulnerable in this movie but from like a different point of view, I believe. Um, and yeah, like, so like Enzo wakes up, you know, cause like he pretty much has like a different family, you know, he pretty much started, well, he didn't, I feel like he didn't start like, he, it wasn't like on purpose. It was kind of like, it just kind of like happened. But like, he was also like trying to deal with like, you know, and then like, as he's like waking up, like all these drivers is trying to like get the Ferrari record, I believe. And so like, he's not, at, you know, and you see like Laura Ferrari like answering the phones being like, you know, like, tell, you know, I forgot what they, like, concierge, concierge, 
something like that, something like Italian or whatever. That like, you know, such and such is like in town or whatever. And then like you see like one of his like other drivers. It's like a dope ass movie, man. Like, and the racing scene, which is like kind of like a previous event. It was like, uh, I think like Adam Driver was like doing like um, a Q&A after the movie. And like the guy was like, was talking shit about the, the car scenes or whatever. And I'm just like, like me watching it now, I was like, I didn't have a problem with it. It's actually like pretty beautifully done for like, you know, definitely for like the time period. I believe so. Um, because it also give you like kind of like that romanticized look. Actually, the whole style of the movie from like the costume design and everything has you definitely like, I was like looking at the racing gloves right after that movie too. <laughs> I'm trying to race a car. <laughs> um, But yeah, because you gotta like see a man who is dealing with a lot and kind of like is trying to take things as seriously as possible, but the circumstances that he's dealt with, he's not really doing that. Like even like, because like even like Laura Ferrari was like, you know, your one thing, you know, was like post like come, you know, come home before the maid comes, and then. It didn't happen because she was already making tea, morning tea, and he was like just coming back from, you know. Whereas Laura thought that like she he was just like, you know, out being a man whore, you know. But in Nashville, he just, he has another, he has his companion and a child, you know who she doesn't know at the time. So I thought that was like, kind of like a, um, it's like kind of like a dope scene because, you know, Laura Ferrari was like in charge, you know? She like, and like, Penelope Cruz is like, she commands that scene a lot. You know, even though like Adam Driver is like Enzo Ferrari, it's like, but she's Penelope Cruz and she's been on the scene, you know? And so like, it's a very nicely done movie. And then like going to like, kind of like the, um, Like the actual like research of the movie, like, cause Laura Ferrari died in like '77, right? And then I believe Enzo Ferrari died in I believe '88. I want to say. Because, like, some of, like, the replication of, like, what happened. Oh, no. 
1988. He was 90 years old. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm just doing like breathe, skin, brew some shit. So, yeah, like, yeah, because I thought, like, the movie was, like, beautifully done in terms of, like, how they portrayed a moment in this man's life where, like, because it makes you, like, after watching the movie, it makes you think, like, damn, like, I want to, like, watch more, like, I want to, like, know more about this dude because he was like a great figure in Italian culture and world culture, you know. Ferrari is signified with so much and you know, just like the dude the people who made like Lamborghini, Mazda, you know. You want to know about these figures because like what drove them to create um world culture and cars because you think of I like in you know in 1957 like the style performance of cars as like you know driven driven the world pretty much and definitely sports cars coming up coming up in small it's like a, kind of like a um, a luxury item in my point of view um yeah it kind of it didn't also kind of give you like kind of the horse because like early in the movie and like and the people who were there watched the movie in the audience was like it was yeah like we was like oh like whoa you know it was like a lot of like oh my god you know it was a lot of them <laughs> throughout the movie now you know but I like the movie because it was seen that it was scenes the movie like the, the crashes it made sense it wasn't just like it wasn't just like oh man people just getting hit by cars and shit like that you know it wasn't like as treacherous as one would think, you know. So yeah, like, cause like one hit driver, this fucking, you know, it's kind of like crazy, like, cause you have like this 
this machine, right? This big ass machine that goes a hundred plus and tilted one way wrong and hit one thing wrong, you flying out the motherfucking cockpit. Just crazy. And it was predominantly like it was scenes that happened in there, but like you know, it definitely wasn't like kind of like you know, crash porn or whatever, whatever you can call it. You know, and I think like that was like kind of like the thing that was like kind of like probably was addressed was like. You know, let's try not to have that much um, not that much of the dangerous side. But also like also communicate like that was a thing that was happening. Like you know, it was a it was a definitely a risk racing cars still is but definitely I feel like now it's more safer but back then yeah it was definitely like you know kind of like the proto racing you know of like what we see now so yeah and like I kind of like because even the movie is kind of like thought um in the movie, it's talked about, even like Enzo was talking about, like, yeah, like, you know, I think it was the, um, the anniversary of, like, his two friends dying on the race. Uh, what's the name of the race? The Millie, the Millie, Million, the Millie, Millie, the Millie, oh, Millie, Megala, probably. So yeah, and this is like kind of like a cultural event because of like what happened. Uh, one of his drivers hit something. Oh, dude, like this poster was in my fucking graphic design. Um. It was in my graphic design book. Damn, wow. That takes me back to GD1. <laughs> it's also like kind of like in Seaway with this one picture called like The Kiss of Death where um, when the Charleston, I think, Alfonso the Protago is like seeing them kiss and then cause like sooner after that he dies cause he um he hits something yeah yeah wow 
That's crazy. Like the race soon after the race started, monsters hopes vanished before the event even started. Bertha was out having crashes. 450s during a pre-test, Moss was forced to retire soon after to start having a rather dangerously snapped a brake pedal. Harmon did not get as far as Ravana did. Ravana checkpoint. Yeah, man, just like a fucking dangerous ass race. Cause after three days, three days after the race, the Italian government decided decreed the end of the race and banned all motor veto motor racing on public roads. That's like kinda like hella dangerous dude. Just to like race like on public roads. Like I understand like you can race on public roads, but like I feel like you have to like block that shit. You know what I'm saying? And even like, like, I don't know, man. I couldn't even go to that. Cause like, it's also kind of like depicted in the movie. Cause like you see like, cause like when this, when this tragic scene happened where um, Protago's car gets an accident, hits like all these people and causes like fucking crazy um, event. Wow. That's wild. I'm reading this. It's like, in addition to T-Part, hold on, the Ferrari didn't bounce. He lost... Less than 40 miles from the finish, his tire exploded. And they also do this, like, kind of like seeing where, like, you know, he chose not to um, get new tires. But, like, he lost control of the car. He hit a telephone pole, jumped over the brook then hit several spectators. The Ferrari then bounced back on the road, hitting more spectators, slid over the road, spinning, and ended up wheels down in the brook at the other side of the road. Deportago, his navigator, Edmund Gunnar Nelson, which they didn't put him in the movie, which is kind of weird. No, because, like, in the movie, he was driving by himself, I believe. I could be wrong. And then, and 10 spectators, along, along with them as five children, lost their lives. And then 20 
other people was injured. Deportago's body was found near the car, severed in half. That's wild. That, yeah, man, when that scene happened, dude, I was like, fuck. Because, like, Deportago was, like, kind of like a good character in the movie. Definitely, it was like kind of like a funny scene where like kind of like his introduction to um, <clears throat> his introduction to him in the movie was pretty dope. So yeah, man, yeah, this race was crazy. Um, yeah, I think it was like we gonna start investing like race tracks after this. Probably. I definitely want to, like, I'm definitely curious about, like, what happened post this race, like, in terms of, like, like, what made Ferrari increase in popularity post them coming into bankruptcy. And we're going to get into that in part two. Because I feel like I got y'all like a little bit, you know. Because I haven't really talked much about the movie. But we will go more in depth into the man, the myth, the legend. Enzo Ferrari. About the movie Ferrari by Michael Mann. Starring Adam Driver, Penelope Cruz. Sterling Woodley. And then also we're going to get into some Lions, some NBA. So yeah, so come on back to, so yeah, so I can wrap up this Ferrari review. coming back to part two of this Fiari movie ramble review. Um, so as we left off, um, you know, um, Ferrari driver just pretty much, yeah, he, he So, so this record that Ferrari Motors kept got beat. I, I, I don't know by who. I really need to watch the movie again. So, so well, before that, all these drivers was coming into town to like compete for this, um, for this record. And as Enzo Ferrari was like on his way to like his house or whatever, he has like this interaction. Well, his wife was 
getting all these calls, Laura Briari, um, about different drivers coming into town to compete for this record. And, and it was kind of like, you know, it kind of like may have seemed, well, for like the viewer that, you know, Ferrari was like, kind of like, you can kind of tell like his mind was occupied with like a lot of things. And like, Um, definitely like dealing with the, you know, the situation with him and Linda Lardy and, um, and like his failing marriage with Laura and like the death of his son. Um, so yeah, like he was going through it during this period. And then like having his like business be on the verge of like bankruptcy and like, so that was an issue for him. And because like, you know, he was this larger, larger than life figure in Italy. Um, and you can kind of like, and like kind of like dope in a way because like Adam Driver's like hella tall and like they kind of like they kind of like made him like this big figure from like a physical standpoint too um he's don't really show that much um emotion in seeing only um, only like when he's by himself or with the two other women in the movie, which is like Moore or Linda Lordy. Um, so yeah, it was a brilliant performance by the whole cast because it's, it's I find it hard to, I don't know, I think like definitely now in terms of like how society views movies now in terms of just like, you know, like we're not having fun if it's like not a superhero movie. Cause like I was kind of like at the point where I was like, man, I'm not really watching anything but superhero movies, which kind of led me to be kind of like desensitized by it, you know? Cause I don't even have a Disney Plus subscription anymore. I tried keeping it, and I was like, you know what? I can't do it. <laughs> Cause like not really much. Like, I'm low-key, like, waiting for, like, the next Captain America movie. But back to Ferrari, you know. Don't want to go into tangents. 
Um, I really liked it. Oh yeah, like the first scene of him driving, he was like gear shifting. I thought that was like pretty dope. Like it, it yeah, it kind of like more it like the the movie definitely makes you definitely puts you back into like nineteen fifty seven. The romanticized, kind of like kind of the romanticized era, even though it's like, I kind of feel like back in the day, everything, I feel like every job was like almost, every job or like um, sport was like romanticized. You know, like even like looking back, like, like an NFL, like, because that's like kind of like the only thing. Because I used to watch like a lot of um, historian um, football stuff back in the day, and it would be like when they like do like the black and white shit. It would be like kind of like this, like kind of like romanticized, like you know, look at the guys on the um, the great iron. Moving the chains, you know, just little shit like that. Which <clears throat> you got like kind of like that sense of that um, when they show like Enzo in the beginning of the movie racing, and then also like when they pan towards like uh, TV scenes. Um, of the little Nubia. So, yeah. It, it's definitely like a movie that like I would definitely recommend people to see because like, I feel like Michael Mann, once he does Ford versus Ferrari, I, he, you know, he was like, shit, I need to do a Ferrari movie. And so like, kind of like, you know, made that possible. Because they also go into like kind of like a brief um, moment in history where um, they tell you like what kind of like actually happened with um, the deal with how like Ferrari was able to save his company by like posting like a um a fake news article saying that uh Henry Ford wanted to buy which was like accurate but he almost went through it but he kinda like needed permission from cause like he owned 50, his wife owned 50. So, like, any business transaction that he needed to do during that period, he had to go through his wife. And then, like, his wife was, you know, I guess wasn't like, you know, I guess he was, she was holding, like, past transgressions and, like, was very, like, prideful of the company because she helped build it, too. 
And it's like kind of like the perfect example between like whatever like strong is the strong woman behind every strong man, you know, that cliche, I guess. But, you know, it's kind of like, you know, um, a team effort. Like, it was a team. And, like, even, like, kind of like Enzo, he knew his marriage was in ruin. And he knew he wanted to leave Laura. But, you know... The business aspect of it was also a concern, and like also to lose that partner who helped build that company. You know, um, so yeah, I don't know like the whole situation post what happened um, after the. Um, Cause they don't really go into much after the race, the, uh, the mile milia, but I feel like at the last movie, they just do a kind of like, you know, about his, his son, um, Pedro took over the company or he's like co-CEO or something like that. He went to school for like engineering. It was like kind of like a beautiful moment. Um, between him and his, his son where at the end of the movie, he's like, you know, he takes his son to his other son's um, burial. And, you know, it's like kind of like a godfather moment because during that moment, like, you know, he, because it was, through also throughout the movie, it was kind of like, um, an issue, because pretty much, like, some people knew about him having another son, except for Laura, but, like, in the movie, she finds out about, you know, Linda and, uh, the child, Petro. So, yeah, it's it definitely like kind of like well act, well. I don't know. I feel like it communicates a period of time because I haven't watched many movies about this period of racing, you know. Because it kind of like makes you think about like the genesis of like professional racing and like how like, you know, 
people was like racing. Um, back in the day on the countryside, which was like kind of crazy and dangerous to think about shit like that. You know, I, I went into like the details of like the 1957 Mount Nidia, so that shit was crazy. Then like the ramification, cause they was definitely trying to um, pin the blame on Enzo, but it was pretty much like um, Portago's fault, Deportago's fault for not. Um, for not um, changing his tires during the race. Uh, because he did have the more powerful, um, more powerful vehicle of the Ferrari team. <clears throat> because pretty much everybody was racing. Everybody who was in the Ferrari team was facing each other because they needed to win this race in order to um, kind of like boost his, boost the stats of Ferrari as a brand because they was on the verge of bankruptcy. And they also like want um, whoever to, because only like so many companies can get like bailed out, you know? And so like if your company is still projecting, like if you're, you know, motorsports, or car companies like winning races, then that's like kind of like a positive of trying to sell a company because you're gonna make more people be into your product, I guess. So yeah, I think it was a dope-ass movie. Um, Adam Driver is amazing. Um, in this movie. Um, I don't know the award race. Because I just found out that the Golden Globes is next week. So... Yeah, um... I don't know how to um, pinpoint that. Some things I would probably done better. Um, I feel like, honestly, I feel like this could have been potential to be like a three hour movie. Um, I wonder if it's a director's cut because I feel like some of the stuff is like left out of for some reason. And 
Because, like, they try to let the viewer know certain things in Enzo's and Laura's life in flashbacks. It was like kind of like a beautiful um, scene where Enzo's at this, like, opera and, like, Laura didn't want to go with him because he just, because she just now find out about, like, Enzo's, like, double life or whatnot. And, like, it kind of, like, puts um, the three main characters, Enzo, Laura, and Linda, remembering different things. Like, Enzo... Enzo and Laura is remembering um, singing this same opera song with Alfredo. And then Linda is remembering um, when she finds out that she was pregnant during like the Pope, during like the war where uh, the bombings was happening, where Enzo and Linda met during that period. <clears throat> so yeah, I thought that was like beautifully done. Because, like, you know, you really don't take any people, you really don't take sides, per se, in a situation because you feel for them, because you feel like the loss of their child has separated them. And, like, life always moves on, so... They're also struggling with trying to keep their marriage, their business together. And yeah, it's very, it's very um, communicated well in the in the movie, um, where. And then, like, also, like, some of my favorite scenes would probably be. Enzo, like, um, Adam Driver's Enzo, just being passionate about racing to his brain team racers. Um, also, Patrick uh, Debsey, who was what he was, he was on Grace and Avenue as um, Dr. McLovin, no, Dr. <laughs> He was yeah, he was that the, the, the sexy doctor on Crazy Anatomy. Um, is that show still going on? But he was dope in that movie. He really didn't have that many scenes, but it was enough to be like, okay, cool. He was like kind of like a silver fox character. He winds up winning the race at the end. It's like kind of like crazy because like that's like the last race, so he won like the last Mel Milgia. So yeah, respect to that. It's like kind of crazy because like a year later, one of the drivers dies. Yeah, dude, 
man, man, racing was like hella, hella, because this was like, it was literally like, hey, just think about now, like, is it more dangerous to race now than it was previous? Because, you know, yeah, you know, all like the safety shit, but like, I feel like cars was more simpler back in the day. I kind of like want to do like kind of a study, like what was like the safest period of of cars? Like what was like considered like the safest, like the beginning of cars? Because like not that many people had them. It was like kind of like a rich thing. I don't know. It's like Bob investigates. So yeah, um, what else I want to talk about? So yeah, like I wish the movie was like a little bit longer. It should have been like at least thirty to forty minutes longer. It should have been yeah. Like I would, I would like honestly, if this, if this movie was like three hours, I would have enjoyed it much because it would have gave the audience more information. But you're trying to market a movie. I just bet money was like, I wonder like how many cuts of that movie was actually a thing. Cause I kind of feel like it could have been longer. Cause I kind of like feel like a movie done like that, a Michael Mann movie. Cause like if, if he was like three hours long, I feel like that movie could have been like, like four hours long. But I do like that movie. I would highly recommend, like, a nice day. You know, you don't, you don't got anything to do. Um, I kind of, like, had a kind of joke to myself. I was like, this is, like, a perfect movie to, like, watch if you're really in love with somebody you take somebody like you really in love with them or you're about to break up with them like it's like kind of it's like kind of like one of the movies like you know because i kind of like give you kind of like the um, like the beginning of something new and bright and also give you kind of like you know the end of things you know like the relationship I would say. Um, what else? So yeah, I think that's going to do it. Because in like my like rambles about movies, I don't want to like spoil a lot of the movie because I'm pretty much sure like um, no, I haven't seen this movie yet. That watched, that listened to my um, podcast, probably. Or I could be wrong. Or you've seen this movie and 
you're like kind of like, yeah, man, I remember that shit, man. You know, even like when I went to, um, the theater, it was it wasn't like a lot of people in the theater when I went. I think it was like at least like four people, including me. So, yeah. But like a lot of people don't see movies like that anymore in the theater. They try to like wait. I feel like I feel like if someone wanted to wait for this to go on like a streaming service, it'll be like up a lot of people's alley. So yeah, Ferrari. Go see it. Go support your local movie theater. Um, yeah, that should be like someone's. That should be like people's New Year's revolution. Like, go to my local movie theater more often. Which I don't even go to my my local one. I wonder if they have that movie. See, I, oh man, I gotta check that shit. Cause it's like a movie theater in my area, but I don't go to it because like kind of like it's like one of my artsy theater. But like I heard, it's like I heard good things about it, but you know, I would say like I need to check to see. Cause we're like kind of like. be beneficial to me and not like drive like 20 minutes somewhere else but yeah go see Ferrari yeah um next one agenda we're going to talk about some um, NFL Pretty much the Lions. And then we just want to end it because we're already at like 30 minutes in part two. I feel like we can do the other topics on another episode. That, that way we can just separate the content, baby. Um, so the Lions went against the Dallas Cowboys last night. And in typical... Um, I kind of feel like in NFL, the teams always let the refs decide the game. And like, we need to get together because it's coming to a point where and then, like, I heard, like, these refs aren't paid full-time. They're not considered full-time employees. So this is kind of like a um, <clears throat> part-time job for these guys. <laughs> so it's just, like, kind of like... feel like when someone... Because um, I was watching... Shout-out to Shan Sharp Nightcap with Osho Cinco. They were talking about... Um, Chance Sharp was telling, like, yeah, like, you know, they don't, um, 
they get paid like like it's not considered a full-time job and I was like wow and so like so I kind of you kind of like think about it from like this standpoint like it's like kind of like is it like kind of like low-key like pro bono at this point or it's like kind of like it's like what are the motivations of like these people doing this job <laughs> whereas it's like in the off season they just do whatever the fuck they it's like kind of like it's kind of crazy oh my god interception what the fuck green bay but you know, I'm watching Green Bay and Minnesota right now. So it's very wild to think about shit like that. Um, because it was like kind of like a call. Because like some of these, because some of these refs may have like, which you know, I don't know. I, I feel like it's different channels that one can do because, like, you know, say if, like, a brother-in-law who is, like, a brother-in-law of, like, the NFL ref, they'd be like, hey, bet on this game that I'm refing. So, you know, it could be, like, you know, some shit like that going on, you know? Or it can kind of be from like a prideful thing where it's like, yeah, I'm going to fuck up like these people who make me, you know, X amount of millions of dollars, you know, and fuck up their career, their livelihood with a call, you know. say yeah it definitely um I don't know I kind of feel like they need to like get refs who oh my god Jordan Love threw a beautiful pass to read for a touchdown man Jordan Love is going to be a dangerous quarterback I'm going to say that man like and He's gonna be dangerous. He is dangerous. He's dangerous already, to be honest with you. Like anybody who learns under Aaron Rodgers and like, and that's what like I kind of felt like they should have done with Mac Jones. Like, try to have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, not Aaron Rodgers. I'm Tom Brady, still a Patriot to like teach Mac Jones like how to be a fucking quarterback because clearly like they don't really have much faith in either Zaffy or Mac Jones at this point at this point so back to the Lions like they got robbed last night um so it was what 17 to 20 
and the Lions had the ball back. They got a touchdown. They wanted a two-point conversion just to win the game. And so you see, like, two linemen go up to the ref, and at this point, we don't know what, why they went up, but we know now to report that one's a receiver, or rather. So one of the linemen, Decker, got the, got the two-point conversion, but one of the refs was like, you didn't report as a receiver. But like he totally, them two totally went to that guy, the ref who called it, and be like, yeah, like you didn't report that he was a, yeah. So they had penalty. Next thing you know, they do it again. It was a flag on the defense, so they get up another try. Right. And they didn't do it. They ain't, they ain't get the. So, long well, story short, they wound up fucking losing because this ref was like incompetent. And like his mind was probably all over the place. And he blew the call. And. This has like huge ramifications now because they pretty much just gave the 49ers home field advantage and the bye, which I just kind of feel like they didn't want, they didn't want um, the 49ers and the Lions to compete for that home field. That's what I think. They don't want, they don't want the Lions to have home field advantage because they want the 49ers to. Because 49ers is a legacy team, way more prestige. You know, they got like what Montana, what Young, and what um, Rice. So, yeah. Dude, all we have, <laughs> As like a legacy player, all we got is Barry Sanders. You know, like until Matthew Stafford retires, like we'll probably, you know, put him in that category. But shit, he he went from being a fucking lion to a ram, so. What can you say? Um, they got Kirk Cousins on the sideline, injured like a motherfucker, man. That's fucked up. But anyway, it's kind of like in a weird place in the NFL to be like, damn, like y'all totally blew that call, you know, like. Why y'all doing dumb shit like that, you know? And, like, when that happened, it kind of, like, made me not want to watch today's games because that game came on Saturday night because... Because 
spoiler alert, it's another fucking Michigan team going against a fucking highly politic team in Alabama, which that's going to be nuts, okay? It's like kind of like weird because like now I'm transitioning to um, college football where you got like, it was this whole big drama about like who's going to be in the playoffs, like the four teams for the national title. And so like it was like an undefeated team in FSU, Florida State University, you know, 13-0. And so they didn't get into the final four because I guess, you know, the committee kind of was like, well, they lost their quarterback. And if they go into this game, they're probably going to get ransacked by, it would probably be Michigan, who they probably went against. And given, like, also Michigan was, I don't know now, but, like, they was banged up during that moment because, like, I think, like, our quarterback, McCarthy, was, J.J. McCarthy was, like, still with some injury. I think he's all right now, but. So, yeah, he wanted, they wanted, FSU wanted not be in the Final Four. <clears throat> and they got their asses, like, trampled by Georgia, who is, like, a good-ass team in that, um, SSU. SEU, which is also the same conference, I guess, Alabama's a part of. So, so yeah, go Michigan. I hope they beat Alabama, which, you know, I don't know, man. I just feel like we just got... Honestly, this is what I think. I feel like we're trying to redeem ourselves from the um, the beatdown that... Um, what, TSU or whatever? Yeah, because we got our ass to beat that game. Because, like, Eric, dude, like, I remember in that time... Like, everybody was like, man, we're going to beat the fuck out of these guys. Right? And then it didn't happen. It was like the reverse. Um, and then, like, this whole controversy came afoot with stealing calls or signals or whatever. And so Harbaugh got, like, you know, suspended, I think, like, three games with, like, they still won them three games that he wasn't a part of the team. So yeah, like, you know, I just kind of feel like they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. And like, and then like, it's like kind of like dumb because <laughs> it's so fucked. Cause like, I'm not, I don't really care, but I just, when the people, when I hear like these interviews, it's like, uh, when the Alabama team one of the Alabama um, players were talking about, like, you know, how, like, it's different, you know, to play for your, um, 
for a person like your like your comrade, your brother, then someone you just put on a team with. But I'm just like this whole team face adversary, like the whole season. It's like clearly like the NCAA don't like Michigan or Hardball. Like I don't I don't know. So so I feel like it kind of made them stronger, like a stronger team in a way because of this whole adversity. I don't know, I think like, cause it's saying like, y'all have what they have, but I'm like, y'all kind of don't because like, everybody loves Alabama. Like y'all are no underdogs. I'm just like, they're acting like they're the underdogs. Like, y'all like the New York Yankees of fucking college football. Like, for real. Like, it's crazy. Like, um, so yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. Um, so yeah, the Lions got robbed because they don't want the Lions to compete for home field advantage. Or they're trying to, like, make next week's game more, because I don't really know, like, the whole stipulations, because I, I don't really know if the 49ers won today. So, yeah. Because I think next week the Lions face Minnesota, I want to say. And yeah, I don't know. Minnesota in trambles right now because they're down by ten, and it's the first quarter. So. Yeah. So yeah, so like, it's like kind of like this whole like NFL rig thing going on on the interwebs which you know it definitely don't make the refs look any um better <laughs> I would say that but yeah man I, I kind of like call it like that um the Dallas screw job you know Roger Goodell, man, is like on his Vince McMahon tip. It was like, it was like, we're not trying to have the Lions or the Browns in the Super Bowl. But it's like kind of crazy because like they can like, help out um, Kansas City and shit like that, but it's whatever. So, anyway, we are coming up on time. I want to thank you for rambling with me, listening to me ramble. Um, It is New Year's Eve. 
Um, I want to wish my listeners a happy new year. Um, One of my, I guess, promises, resolutions is to do more episodes of the podcast because it is like kind of like a therapy, therapeutic for me to record like this. I kind of feel like I'm like verbally jamming with doing this podcast. So, you know, I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I see y'all in 2024. Happy New Year.